This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was previously read came from Matthew, the third chapter, reading the 13th through the 17th verses. But allow me to lift up verse 17. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. As we honor and celebrate Father's Day, I'll be speaking a message that I have titled, The Fatherhood of God. Let us pray. This is my Father's world of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. You have created, O God, all that we see, all that we understand, and all that we know. You are the Father of fathers. And today, Lord, our desire is to honor you. So come, Lord, now speak. Speak through this preacher. That I may speak a word of comfort, a word of hope, a word of challenge, but more importantly, a word of love. Come, Holy Spirit, come, for your children are here. This we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. One of the greatest problems facing the average family today is the absent or uninvolved father. By being absent, I'm referring to when a father isn't there either physically or emotionally or both. Death, divorce, illness, depression, or work may take a dad away in the very critical and formative years when a son tries to become a man or when a daughter tries to become a woman. And when a father is absent, it can produce in a child a sense of abandonment where the child tends to blame themselves for the absence of the father and then eventually succumb to toxic shame. This is just a reality of what happens to children whenever a father is absent. Now, contrary to popular culture, every child needs a father. But if we follow our popular culture, you would think that fathers are not really all that necessary to raise their children. And unfortunately, we see a plethora of single moms raising children, which has become more commonplace in our society today. today. And we see the emergence of two mommy households based on a same-sex agenda. And we also see the emasculating of fathers on television. My point is... Our culture is quickly devolving to the point where fathers may not be seen as necessary anymore. If you watch television, you're most likely to witness the portrayal of the modern-day husband or father as lazy, incompetent, and even stupid. Whether it be shows like The Simpsons or others, dads are portrayed as incompetent buffoons who are oblivious and idiotic. And even if a dad has a good job at home, he is forever making messes and mistakes that, guess what? Mom 
has to fix. Contrary to popular culture, everyone, every child needs a father. But what is it about fathers that makes them so important? Do fathers do anything so special that makes what they provide to their children something different from what mothers provide? Well, I believe so. My wife and I had a conversation years ago, and I once asked her simply, what is it that a father provides that a mother does not? And in her wisdom, she said things as protection, security, stability, things of that nature. But the truth is, many mothers provide these things as well, even in the presence of a father. And then I asked the reverse question, what is it then that a mother provides that a father does not? And she said things such as nurture and care, to which I responded, there are many fathers that provide this as well. So what is it that a father provides that a mother either cannot or does not provide? And I think the answers can emerge out of our text today. The first thing that a father provides for his children and that a mother cannot is a sense of fatherly approval. Now, I didn't say the mother can't approve a child. I said fatherly approval. The text says in verse 17, and behold. A voice out of the heavens said, this is my beloved son. If fathers are going to make a difference in the lives of their children, they must make their presence felt, and to do that, they must be heard. Children must know the voice of their fathers, but not only must they know the voice of their fathers, they must have their father's approval. When a dad is involved the children know he is present because when he speaks, his words can communicate a sense of approval, a sense of relationship, words that send a very clear message. And if that message is heard and felt, it will literally change a child's life. But the scriptures remind us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So every time a dad speaks, he's either breathing life into his children or he's breathing death. In our text, God makes it plain and quite clear who Jesus was when he spoke. God said, not only, not only did he say, this is my beloved son, but God also said, in whom I am well pleased. These are words that move the heart of a child. Put a smile on their face, be it a boy or a girl, because to hear these words, words like these, give children a sense of attachment. When we communicate words of approval and belonging to our children, that young boy no longer has to look to some peer group to tell him who he is or whether or not he is important. When your daughter knows she belongs to her father and is an integral part of the family, she does not have to go out and to seek approval of any other man who may exploit her, use an abuser, take advantage of her, and when he doesn't get his way, mistreats her, maybe violently or even sexually, and then dumps her as he looks for his next victim. Fathers, it is our responsibility to let our children know that they belong to us by letting them hear our voices. If God the Father took the time 
to speak the words of approval and belonging to his divine son, then what about us? What about you and me? So the first thing that a father provides for his children that a mother cannot is a sense of fatherly approval. The second thing that we can extract from the text that a father provides that a mother cannot is fatherly adoration. The adoration of a father is another way of expressing to our children that they are important to us, but also that they have value and worth. Many voices will be competing for our children's attention. But if they have heard the voice of a loving father before, no other competing voices can throw them off course. Oh, yes, that's true. Each time Jesus heard the voice, he was able to refer to his relationship with his father. When fathers have a close, affirming relationship with their children, their children will feel secure even when they find themselves in the desert places. I was having a conversation with my son, Osai, and he said to me, you know, I used to be so mad at all the things you would say to me, but every time I'm in certain situations, I can still hear your voice. My brothers and my sisters, what am I saying to you? What I'm saying to you is that I've never in my life, and this is the truth, ever heard a child, male or female, say that they were hearing their mother's voices when they were in trouble. Doesn't mean that they do not. What I'm simply saying to you is that something about a father's instructions gets hung around the neck of a child that allows them to move with a certain wisdom, a certain gait, a certain authority, a certain confidence that does not necessarily come from a mother. I don't know why it's that way, I'm just simply telling you that that's the way that it is. The affirming words and instructions spoken by a father will keep them out of trouble, but they must hear the instruction. Proverbs 1, verse 8 through 9 says this, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Now, the text also says, And do not forsake your mother's teaching which is a whole different thing. But in other words, our children will only live what they learn. And while it is still their decision whether or not to listen, the fact of the matter is they cannot make the right choice if they have never heard the instruction from a father in the first place. The time that a father takes to give his children godly instruction is perhaps one of the most effective ways of communicating value and worth to their children. Now, you know, we, we, we sometimes say instruction has to always be guided by love, and it should. But sometimes it's stern. It's not always comfortable. It's sometimes not what you want to hear. But godly instructions such as be honest, play fair, Walk uprightly. Listen to wise counsel. All of these things may seem like simple instructions to you, but to a child, hearing these instructions from a father, it actually communicates adoration. It's letting your children know that they are, in fact, special and that you think enough of them to give them instructions. Let me give you an example of, of another example of how this works. I remember when I was... Uh, promoted to the level of an executive at Verizon. And it was a big deal. It was a big promotion. And I was very excited. And of course, as you can imagine, you get these feelings of, of, of inadequacy and incompetence. Well, my vice president at the time, right after I got the promotion, invited me to a meeting in his office. 
and I was not sure what the meeting was about, but I went into the office. And he was someone that I revered almost as a father. And he said words to me that I'll never forget. He said this to me, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you took this job. But I want to tell you something. No one gave this to you. You earned it. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to many of you, but I can tell you when I walked out of his office, when my chest went in like this, a little demure and a little head down a little bit, I walked out with my head held high. You see, when the Bible tells us that God is the lifter of our heads, what he's really saying is that he provides to you words of adoration that lets you know that you mean something. You are valued. You matter. You are important. He is the lifter of your head. God's voice is something that has a way of making you understand that there is more to you than what meets the eye. The problem and the challenge for many of us is we hear the instructions from the Father, but we don't often believe it. I felt like I could walk on water when I walked out of that meeting. My confidence shot up 20 points. And brothers and sisters, let me be clear, pastors, leaders, bishops, we operate in a manner that often has to demonstrate the fatherhood of God to our congregation in many ways, a responsibility that we should never, ever take lightly. So the second thing that a father provides to his children and that a mother cannot is a sense of fatherly adoration. The third and final thing that we see a father provides that a mother cannot is fatherly affirmation. The text says in verse 16, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. To affirm is to provide emotional support or encouragement at a critical point in someone's development. From the time of Jesus' birth through his episodes at the temple at about 12 years of age, we know of no other time in the scriptures when God the Father spoke audibly to Jesus except right now. This is the first time we're being told of this verbal expression and it happens at a pivotal point in Jesus' life just as he's about to begin his ministry. It is the reason why we have rites of passage because at that pivotal point is a time when a child, a boy or a girl needs the affirmation of a father which literally says right now you are a man or right now you are a woman. We can speak life and raise up the lion in our children. The affirmation of a father can be seen as the same thing as a blessing. In ancient Hebrew culture, the blessing of a father was an attestation of the child's unique design based on the will of their heavenly father. In essence, the blessing was a way of saying to the child, you have what God says you have, and I, as your earthly father, can affirm it. It's affirming the gifts that are unique to your children. You know something? You do this better than anyone else does it. 
This is a big deal to a child for if the child is told that they belong, that they had pleased their father, then you would find it takes on a greater significance at turning points in their lives. You may recall, of course, the story when Jacob and Esau was to be blessed and, and the birthright was stolen by Jacob. You remember the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh by Joseph as he prepared to die. So here in our text, we see that it's no different as God the Father uses this opportunity as a major turning point in Jesus' life to pronounce to him, this is my beloved son, and in him I am well pleased. Jesus received the affirmation of a father that actually established Jesus' own identity as son. Have you ever noticed that whenever God invokes the patriarchs, he states that he is the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This masculine genealogical lineage provides a sense of identity to a person. Now I know, I know, and I can hear it right now, that we are in a patriarchal society and that men are, are, are too much in charge and in control. And that may be true in many cases. But I don't care what you say and I don't care what you think. There is a reason why, there is a reason why God created the order that he did. And I don't pretend to know it. But what I do know is that the sense of connection and identity to a father creates in many of us a firm footing from which to operate and live our lives. I can't explain it. And again, I won't even try. But there's a reason why the Bible was written that way. I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You belong to this community of authority. That's what it means. There is some things that a mother cannot provide for her children. While a mother can give her children many gifts, she cannot give them the sense of identity in the way, the way that a father does. Let me pause here and simply say that I want to personally, certainly congratulate and applaud the many hardworking single mothers. Good job. But it's a job you shouldn't be doing. Let's be clear. You are doing the best you can with what you've got. But it's not your job to do it. So it represents the mishaps, the failures, whatever the reasons are, the absence of fathers. But we still thank you for doing the best that you can. And while a mom can teach a boy a lot of things, she could never teach him how to be a man. In the very same way that a mother can teach a daughter a lot of things. But again, the affirmation of who she is as a woman comes from a father. For a father to say to a daughter, you are beautiful, means a whole lot more than if it comes from a mother. Not that I'm diminishing it, which I am not doing. I'm simply saying it's different. Different. Why it is different, we don't know, but it is. So the three things that a father provides for his children that a mother cannot, fatherly approval, fatherly adoration, and fatherly affirmation. And again, this is not to say that a mother cannot provide any of these things. The point I'm simply making is that it has a whole different level of meaning to a child when they hear it 
from the Father. Church, there are so many young men and women walking around still looking for approval, adoration, and affirmation, even today in their adult years. For, for the man who was supposed to be their father did not give that to them at the pivotal times in their lives when they needed it. And when a child does not have the involvement of a father on that level in his or her life, then the fact of the matter is it leaves a void that, guess what? Only the Holy Spirit can fill. Try as hard as you will. There are some things that only God can do. I believe that many of us today, as men and fathers, have experienced the very same things that I am talking about, yet we are being called upon to be fathers when we don't even know how to be fathers. Because we have not had responsible relationship with men ourselves, people that we could call daddy and, and, and snuggle up to, we end up struggling through life trying to figure out what does it mean to be a man or wondering what would it take for me to be a good father. Maybe you're seeking healing from a father who ignored you or never recognized you as his beloved. Yet you're being asked to recognize your children as being beloved. Perhaps you need to forgive that father who never spoke words of approval and belonging to you and there is a deep-seated hurt, anger, unforgiveness that has taken deep root in your hearts. Or perhaps you may be experiencing bitterness because of issues of abandonment. Well, I have come to tell you some really, really good news. There is hope for you. No matter where you find yourself on this spectrum, there is hope for you in the fatherhood of God. You see, the fatherhood of God is simply this. It is you hearing, you are my beloved, and in you, I am well pleased. Now, I could say that to you, but I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it is an entirely different thing when you hear it from God himself. I can tell you I love you with an everlasting love. I can tell you with all of my earthly vision and wisdom and believe it in all of my heart. But for you to hear it for yourself from God, you are my beloved. And in you, I am well pleased. Listen, pleasing God does not mean that you are perfect or that you have done everything right. As a matter of fact, even if you have done everything right that you were supposed to do, it still would not be good enough to please God. The only way to please God is to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and to have faith in Christ. In fact, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? And it says those who come to him must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what better reward would there be for a fatherless child to hear from the fathers of fathers say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In you... I am well pleased. 
So, so if you believe in Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, if you have faith that he is your savior, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that I, then I can declare to you unequivocally right now without hesitation or any kind of trepidation, brothers and sisters, you are his beloved and in you, he is well pleased. This is the fatherhood of God. It, it is a heart that is loving and forgiving and welcoming despite how you may feel about yourself. You see, our heavenly father loves you more than you know. God really, really loves you. And in the words of my friend, Pastor Kevin Taylor, and so do I. This is a fact. You can't do anything about it. No matter how far you have sunk. No matter how low you may feel. God loves you. And so do I. You may have never heard those words from your earthly fathers. But we open up our hearts and allow ourselves to let the Holy Spirit come in and to fill those empty spaces within the depths of your soul. This is beyond the physical. This is even beyond the emotional. This gets to the spiritual, the core essence of who you are. And my brothers and my sisters, when God speaks to your heart and you respond to him, in that instant, you receive his approval, his adoration, and his affirmation all in one shot. And if you ever doubt your value to God in the kingdom, you need not look any further than at the cross of Jesus Christ. For when Jesus died on that cross, God the Father gave you the very best of himself to say, this is how much you are worth to me. So the issue of your value was really settled at the cross. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to sacrifice anything great for anything that I don't believe is important or worth it. You were made for God. You belong to God. He is your father, and he loves you more than you know. That's the good news for any one of you, no matter where you find yourself today. But I pray that you're able to receive it today, the message I'm sharing in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you are a dad that is present, but you're not even quite sure that you are doing your part. If, if you're struggling and you're kind of like, all right, preacher, I hear you, but I'm not quite sure how, to, how to, to, to affirm or how to adore or even how to approve my children in a way that is godly because my life does not necessarily reflect someone with that kind of authority. Well, the good news works because what? The blood of Jesus Christ covers a multitude of sin. And if you lean onto his ever unchanging hands, no matter where you are or what you might feel, God makes up the rest. So 
godly fathers. Fathers who seek to be godly fathers. Challenge your children to do what is godly right and do it alongside them. We are the ones who must pass on this spiritual foundation to our children. Challenge your children to walk the straight and narrow way, even if you find it difficult. And even if you find it difficult, share with them your difficulties walking the straight and narrow way. They will appreciate your honesty more than your pretense. Challenge them by modeling godly behavior before them. And you can only model godly behavior, dads, if you put yourself in a situation where you're learning godly behavior yourself. Challenge them to accept faith, beliefs, and the values of Jesus Christ. Challenge them to move to another level of praise and worship for who God made them to be, no matter how you may feel about them. Challenge them to become involved in the church and in, in the things that matter to God. You'd be surprised how taking care of the things of God fixes all the other areas in your life as well. Challenge them to read their Bibles and to pray, to attend Bible preaching and Jesus-believing churches. Challenge them while you do the same yourself. Challenge them to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in their lives after you've done it. This is the steps. Now, you may say, well, pastor, that sounds a little churchy. Yeah, it does. But if you're serious about being a good, good father, then the only way to be a good, good father is to learn from the greatest father. And that was Jesus Christ, who modeled it for us. And you cannot be better than Christ. Let's be clear. But if you model his ways, be imitators of Christ, is what Paul says. I often tell the church, don't follow me, follow my faith. As I work out my own salvation with fear and trembling, trying to figure out this thing called life, as I lead my household, my children, my family, and my church, I'm figuring it out as the Lord leads me. But I'm also learning. I'm also growing because I'm operating from a place where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I've been approved, adored, and affirmed by my heavenly Father. So fathers, take the lead in challenging your children into making a commitment to Jesus Christ. And if you do this, you will be approving them, you will be adoring them, you will be affirming them, and ultimately, you'll be accepting them. And all of these things will become the uniqueness that you bring to children that a mother cannot and was not designed to do. And if you do this with all sincerity of heart, then brothers and sisters, my brothers especially, you will be expressing the fatherhood of God for your children. Happy Father's Day. And may the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.